You're listening to Quintessentially Mental, a podcast hosted by Sure Eyes. Please note that this host is not a mental health practitioner or professional, and this podcast is not meant for treatment of any mental illness. Baobalb.org is a podcasting platform and a medium for storytelling. This podcast is also available on all the major podcasting apps, including Apple and Google Podcasts. Podcast your life with baobalb.org. Hey y'all, you're listening to Quintessentially Mental, the podcast, and I'm your host, Shiraz. Welcome to yet another episode where we'll be talking about all things quintessentially mental, all things linked to our mental health, our mental well-being, um, just kind of putting a spotlight on important conversations that need to be had in a more public space, I guess. Today's episode, I actually have my sister, another sister. I think in previous episodes, I've explained the expanse of my family tree. Um, so this is, this is a, she's, she's a, her name's Jess. And we'll be talking a bit about kind of like how high school bullies affect your mental health how also just your home environment adds to it. And then, you know, once you find a space to become more yourself, how that almost benefits your mental health and your your self-esteem and your perception of yourself. So now I can speak for myself where in high school, I almost felt like I had to be a certain way. I was you know, straight A student involved in sports and culture and all those things. Um, And so went on quite an, you know, extreme journey post high school to try and find myself um, experimenting with different types of jobs, experimenting with different types of clothes, which I view as, you know, a form of self-expression, experimenting with, you know, different activities I tried you know, partying and seeing if that scene was for me, just, you know, trying to figure myself out. And I think, you know, when we when we feel a lot of pressure and stress and expectation to be a certain way, whether it's something we put on ourselves or whether it's something we feel other people put on us, I think we 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 kind of lose opportunities to be I don't want to say authentic selves because that sounds cuck-wanky, but like just to be a truer version of ourselves or just to be more ourselves, not even a version of it, just to be who we are. And so I'm hoping in this episode, you know, my sister can share a bit about her journey with mental health and how, you know, her finding ways to express who she is and communicate who she is through different mediums has given her a better sense of, you know, what's the word? Like, I don't know, self-esteem or self-acceptance or, you know, that kind of, that kind of vibe. Um, So hi, Jess. Hi. How are you? I am doing Fantastic. <laughs> we have a joke in the family that like all of us are the shady sister, but I honestly think you're the shadiest. 
face. <laughs> to your face at least. It's not behind your back. <laughs> so Jess, I would I guess let you know we can start the conversation with you know, maybe sharing a bit about some of your mental health challenges, like what are some of the things you struggle with? And then I guess the second part would be, when did you start noticing that these were things that were problematic to you? Okay. Okay. Well, I definitely say one of my biggest struggles has been social anxiety. I definitely think that started in high school for sure just the thought of social interaction oh I can't (laughs) sometimes you don't even have lists for me and I'm like family it's not personal I don't take it personally I'm just saying the extent like imagine with strangers you know yeah yeah 100% I was actually listening to what you were saying about your high school experience and I was thinking wow we really went in two different directions (laughs) (laughs) why did you say that well I think for starters I tried to blend in I did not want to stand out I did not want to go to parties do sport like when that bell rings for home time I was out those gates No time to <laughs> um, yeah. I guess for context, like how long ago did you finish high school? Um, I was class of 2017. So oh, I'm trying to do the math in my head. Shoot. Was this part of you escaping the school gates? Was that math? Just <laughs> <laughs> I spent school years now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and so how did you like so so for someone like me and you know how I am, right? So I'm like super extroverted, have no qualms speaking to anyone, I'm just like always talking. So for me to kind of imagine feeling socially anxious is quite a foreign concept for me. I could understand anxiety in general because that's something I struggle with, but like I don't really understand that anxiety being triggered by social interactions. Or um, I guess how I can describe it is, it is, I, I want to link it to being like an introvert. But my thing is, I don't classify myself as an introvert because I can, you know, be out there and interact now. But back then, I, yeah, no way. I was an introvert. <laughs> I just realized. So um, what what was it about, like, because you're also mixed race, right? So, like, your mom's white Afrikaans and your dad's colored. Yes. yes. So was it all, like, what, so when, if I think about my experience with, like, mixed race kids from university university vibes, there were, yeah. it, some of them, like, just didn't know where they fit in in general. So, like, was that something mm-hmm. that also impacted you? Did that, like, add to your social anxiety? Oh, 100%. I think it's a whole, it's like the whole thing of um, trying to find, you know how in high school you have your cliques and you've got the people, you know, your groups and your friends. And I just, I never knew where I belonged because there was the smart with the cons kids and, you know, there was, there was just so many different cliques. And I think being mixed race, 
I, you know, that's your identity in a way. That's like who you are. And I tried to suppress it during high school, you know, just so that I could fit in. You know, I didn't celebrate my, what made me unique and those kinds of things. Like I didn't want to draw any attention to that. So I'd straighten my hair, you know, all those things just to fit in. Um, but it definitely gave me like a lot of anxiety not knowing where I fit in, if that makes sense. It does make sense. I think like we have a natural tendency as people to like gravitate towards things we identify with, right? So like I had that struggle in a different way because I'm a dark colored, I'm not a light skin colored. And so like, and then I sound like this, I don't even sound colored. And then it's like, you know, so initially like our very basic um forms of interaction with people come around things that we have in common and like at a very basic form it's the kind of visual things that we have in common so like like you're saying the clicks it's like all the pretty girls are together all the smart people are together all the you know at a very superficial level that's what people do like form groups or clicks is like just superficially what do we have in common yeah and I can see how that would like create anxiety when you feel like there isn't an aesthetic so to speak so whether it's intellect or you know whether it's a a a language so like you know the Afrikaans folk or whether it's you know the color of your skin like I can see how not being able to fit in would like cause anxiety yeah definitely I think we just all have this need to affiliate and like Something that I've noticed is when you're in high school, there's this thing called the spotlight effect where it feels as though all eyes are on you. And I don't know if that makes sense, but that is definitely something I experienced. I just constantly felt watched and, oh, no, (laughs) it was not fun. And so what do you, like, when do you think that kind of, experience right so like your experience of being socially anxious when did that start changing because was that your entire high school experience yes I would definitely just describe my high school experience as being one anxiety bomb like I was constantly on the verge of exploding if I can put it like that yeah how like how did how did it affect you physically so like I know when I get anxiety attacks it's like the first thing I know that, okay, I'm starting to feel anxious is my heart rate just goes. Like I just start feeling my heart just beating so fast. And it's like, and then my brain starts getting flooded with like all, because I have anxiety about things going wrong and not being able to like stop them or not being able to like do something about it or not being able to prevent it or, you know. And so then it's like my head just starts creating all these scenarios about what could potentially be wrong. And then I can like, and then it's like, then I just start feeling like I can't breathe. So that's like my progression. I don't know how it is for you. I can definitely relate to that. Um, For me, I feel like when that anxiety creeps on you, it's like, I can feel it like in my chest. It's almost like, you know, in the cartoons where you can see the heartbeat. like it it felt like you could see my heartbeat and definitely the sweaty palms and just like there was just like this beating in my ears I can't describe it it's like 
suddenly everything just becomes muffled. Um, but I know one of my worst physical symptoms is definitely like nausea and stuff because I think I keep my anxiety in my stomach, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like when it gets bad, I can feel that nausea, like especially before a test or a speech or something. I I promise you every speech that I've ever given, like back in high school, I had to throw up before or after. It's just so intense. Yeah. And it's it's weird how like when you experience mental health stuff in high school, people are just like, Oh, you're being such an angsty teen. Like you're just being yeah. like, what do you possibly have to feel anxious about? Like life is so easy for you. Like, you know, and yeah. it's it's weird because it's probably so if I look back, you know, teens are super yeah. confusing because you're not a kid but you're not an adult. So like mm-hmm. already you don't know where you fit in. Like, you don't like what, 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 what am I now? You know, like, yeah. and you don't really have that. Okay. At least for me, I don't know how it was for you, but like for me, I didn't have that independence to create an identity. It was still very much forced from like, parents or school or it was there was no like independence or freedom for me yeah to like explore your identity and those kinds of things definitely I hear that exactly so so since you left high school do you feel like like when did you start noticing your social anxiety becoming more manageable or before we even get there I suppose how in high school like did you know it was called social anxiety I didn't actually know much about it. I didn't even know. There wasn't really much education on mental health, if I can put it like that. Yeah. Like, it wasn't really spoken about um, or, you know, educated, like, into whatever we were learning at school. Um, so I didn't really know about it. But I think I had a conversation with someone. It's always the English teacher. I had a conversation with the English teacher. And she was just showing me... Um, these spoken poetry videos about mental health and I was like whoa wait a minute I can relate to this and I just remember reading up on it and I was like whoa okay but I did not self-diagnose because I know that's a mistake so I when I realized it was getting bad to the point of not wanting to get out of bed and socialize with people I seek professional help and that's when I learned about social anxiety and all these things. But now this is this is the thing about mental health, right? So like if you were down with the flu and didn't want to get out of bed, at least you would know it's the flu. But because you yeah. didn't know that this is actually like an illness that you can manage or like a, a, a challenge that you can manage, did you just think it was how you were? Like did you just think, fuck, this is my life? Yeah, definitely. And I never knew if anyone else felt like this. I thought there was something like wrong with me. Like I thought this was a bad, bad thing, you know. It's just, oh, this is just the way I am. <laughs> yeah. so, so what kind of when you say professional help, did you did you did you go to talk therapy or were you like on meds? Were you what was your like coping toolbox like what were you looking at yeah what were the things that you did that you so you said you reached out to professionally and then how did you start building you know coping skills 
to help manage the social anxiety? Um, in terms of reaching out for help, I'll say it was like a trial and error thing. I tried various um, things like going to church, you know, churches offer therapy. I tried that. That did not work for me. Um, and to highlight like where I found where I got actual proper help, um, I was admitted into uh, Denmark. I don't know what it's called. Is it a mental facility? I want to use the right terminology. It, the but, terminology is irrelevant, right? So you kind of like went yeah. somewhere where there was like specialized treat, like med, specialized yeah. medical treatment, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I stayed there for about a week and there were obviously professional psychologists there to talk to, to like start helping you, giving you the coping mechanisms. And I think that's where I started hearing about like more detail about my, I don't want to call it a condition, but just my situation and what I was going through. Yeah. Like someone had answered me. And when I went from there, once I had like an idea of what I was dealing with, so things like bipolar depression, the social anxiety, I could start finding coping mechanisms based around that, you know, targeted at what I was dealing with. But this is the thing. Right? So people think that people think that like giving it a name means you're giving it more power. But I almost feel like spending the time to understand it empowers you to deal with it better. One hundred percent. That's how I feel. I feel exactly the same. It's not that I want to label myself as something. It's more just knowing what I'm dealing with and you know, then getting the tools to cope with it. Yeah. And so yeah. since you left high school, like how how has kind of the, the bipolar depression and the kind of social anxiety, how have that, you know, and, and, and linking back to you being able to be more yourself, right? So not feeling fully yourself in your teens and then finding ways to express yourself. Like how's that journey been? Oh, I would definitely say things started going like way better leaving high school because then it was university and university is nothing like high school. There's like that social pressure to fit in. It's like it disappears. There's no clicks. There's no need to, you know, present yourself a certain way. You know, you wear your own clothes and you can start dyeing your hair and experimenting with, you know, how you look. And I'd say, that definitely like was a game changer for me you know getting to um how would I put it explore who I am yeah and how I want to present myself because I just remember you know I went through so many hair color phases every day girl <laughs> every day you were like me well you are the way I was where it's like oh now I've got hair oh no I don't have hair oh no <laughs> purple oh now it's blonde like just being able yeah. to change your aesthetic and play almost yes yes and it's this whole thing of like you suddenly start just attracting your vibe like people who you know they see you and they're like whoa you know I get you <laughs> and you see them and you're like whoa I get you that was university like for me but it also opens your sorry, babe. No, no, no. 
I think it also opens your world, right? Like in high school, how many people were in your school? Like 300 people. Yeah, let's go with 300. Whatever. I don't even know, right? I'm just making up numbers. And then you go into the real world where they're like 3,000 people and it's like, oh, the shitty people yeah. that I was around all this time are not the only representation of people in the world. Yeah. You know? That is exactly what I was experiencing. I was like, my per- perception of the world just completely changed because I thought in high school that's just how it's going to be for the rest of my life. Yeah. Same shitty people. Then you get to university and it's like, whoa, no one cares if you peaked in high school. Like, you know, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> also, if you're just peaking in high school, like that's, there's a, there's a long life after high school. Hey? <laughs> and I think that's something yeah. like, like yeah. you just said, kids don't realize is that high school isn't the be all and end all. Yeah, for sure crazy but I appreciate you so oh what I do before we before I wrap up what I do want to talk to you about is your how you've used your so you've spoken about you know your um changing your hair being able to dye your hair etc but you're almost like full package aesthetic you sometimes remind me of Billie Eilish like you're just full package aesthetic where it's vibe it's it's thought it's and when I say thought, it's almost like what you project aesthetically is very much a communication of who you are as a person. And so oh, have you been, like, do you find that that's maybe helped you gain more self-confidence or, like, build your self-esteem or, like, it has been able has been able to express yourself, have, like, really helped you just become more comfortable in who you are? Or has it made you more confused? No, for sure. It, it really has helped me become more comfortable in my skin and just with who I am as a person. I think in the beginning, it was more, I don't want to call it a gimmick, but it was more like I'm portraying that I'm confident, but inside I'm a mess. But yeah. like it slowly evolved into projecting what's going on inside outwards. So I can't explain. It's just, it's such a nice feeling because, um, I'd say the person I am now and how I present myself to be is someone that younger me would be so proud of. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> that, was my, girl. <laughs> that was my one thing. I was always like, throughout high school and, you know, start of university, I was always asking myself, are you someone younger you would be proud of? And, I'll admit for the longest time I wasn't and now I can confidently sit here and say yes younger me would be so proud okay you know, cool. so let's do something super cheesy <laughs> because I know how much you love corny shit sarcastic did I deny it hey I did not deny that I hate corny <laughs> shit love it if you could give younger you one message, like the you today telling the younger you one thing that will help younger you just get through it a bit better, what would that yeah. be? Oh, can I think about this one? Like not too long because this is radio. <laughs> we don't have time well, for awkward silence. 
I think if I look back at younger me and my perception of the world, I would say, like, that is not life. <laughs> I know that doesn't make sense. But it's more like what you're feeling there and then, it's valid, but know that there is more. Like, I guess I just assume, like, you know, things don't get better and all those things, like, when I was younger. But if I could just tell younger me, like, just hold on. It gets better. Like, Okay, Drake, you know, just hold on. <laughs> it's better. You get cooler, you know. <laughs> You stop wearing orange Crocs. You start wearing Vans. It gets better. <laughs> I wish I could just, you know, tell her that. Oh, Jess, that's really beautiful. I think... Really? I think, what would you tell younger you? Sure. I think... Yeah. <laughs> I think I would tell younger me that, like, the definition of success changes. So like younger me, and I'm still like I'm still quite ambitious, and I'm still quite, you know. But like younger me was like I want to be CEO of like the biggest company so that I can affect the biggest change. And now I'm like yeah. I just want to raise my son not to be an asshole. Do you know what I mean? Like the 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 my definition of success has changed, and like for yeah. me to tell younger me that to define it for yourself is okay and not to like chase what you think success means to other people is okay. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> younger me appreciates that talk too. <laughs> this is for young, you are younger you right now to me. Like. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I am current good. you appreciates my message to younger me is what you <laughs> you know what you're not wrong <laughs> but Jess thank you so much for joining me with this talk I mean sometimes I feel like with these with these episodes it's like I don't really know how they're going to go because I just try to have you know natural conversations with you know the people who join me for these episodes so thank yeah. you for being so open to not knowing where this conversation was going to go thank you for understanding my stuttering and <laughs> babble like if it was understood thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> so to all you listeners out there I urge you to think deeply about who you are and allow yourself the choice the opportunity and the chance just to like not hold yourself back I guess I think that's what we tend to do when we get stuck in situations where we think as Jay said you know that things were never going to change or things were always going to be the same um I'd like to thank our, our sponsors Baobalb.org who continues to make you know talking about mental health on such a broad platform possible um thank you to all our partners and sponsors and guys out there look after yourselves be kind to yourselves look after each other be kind to each other and i'll catch you for the next episode toodles thank you for listening to this podcast podcast don't forget to like share and subscribe 
You've been listening to Quintessentially Mental, the podcast, hosted by SureEyes. Join us next week as we continue the conversation about mental health. And remember, we are always perfectly ourselves. <laughs>